Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Well, here we go. Getting you ready for a big day on Friday. Going to be extensive coverage here on 6.30 Chad and Global News Radio 880. On Chad, we will have the pre-draft show for the NHL draft from Vancouver. The start of the first round will take you into the Eskimos game as Mike Riley returns to the brick field at Commonwealth Stadium and on Global News Radio 880 starting at 6 o'clock the entire first round of the NHL draft with the Edmonton Oilers slated to pick 8th. It's been very interesting following all the mock drafts, all the draft rankings as uh, as we lead up to the draft on Friday. Of course, round 1 on Friday, rounds 2 through 7 on Saturday. And we're going to talk with Chris Johnston from Sportsnet, senior hockey writer, later on on the show tonight to get his perspective. Hughes and Kako, the, the the likely top two, very well expected to be the top two. And, and then it really opens up. I mean, I think Bowen Byram's going to be the first defenseman taken. Excellent season for the Vancouver Giants. Maybe third. If not, he'll likely go fourth. And then it, it really opens up if, if you look at some of the projections. One guy who I'm really curious to see where he's going to go is Cole Caulfield, who was an incredible scorer with the United States National Team Development Program, broke Phil Kessel's record for most goals with the program. Caulfield finished with 126. Kessel had 104 back when he played. Uh, he had 14 goals in uh, seven games at the U18 tournament. He was named MVP of the tournament, uh, but he's small. He's only about five foot seven, 160, 165 pounds. We've obviously seen a lot of small players succeed in the National Hockey League, but size still does matter. So where is he going to go? Uh, some local products and WHL stories. Kirby Dock out of Fort Saskatchewan. I think he's going to go in the top six. I, I, I tweeted out my mock draft for the top eight a few days ago. And by the way, here's a chance for uh, you to win some money, if that sounds appealing, by uh, picking the first eight picks on Friday. you got to accurately get them in the correct order. And this is all on 630Ched.com. You can go to the contest page, and you can win $500 of cash courtesy of AMJ Campbell. So if you think you know how this is going to break down, go on 630Ched.com and enter. You have until, well, you can still do it tomorrow. Uh, Tomorrow's the last day it's open. That is June uh, 20th. So very curious to see how certain players are going to wind up being valued, where they're going to go. The Oilers at number 8. Uh, I put Matthew Boldy 
in my mock draft, another American player with the national team development program, 80 points in 61 games this past season. Uh, you know, much bigger than Caulfield, six foot two, about 192. Pretty good size, doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Playmaker who can also score. He is committed to Boston College for NAS, uh, for last season. You know, maybe his skating leads a, a, a little bit of work, but a, a left shot, left winger, and uh, one of the positions of weakness for the Oilers. Like, yeah, he's obviously not going to jump in and play in the fall, but, but maybe a guy you get, uh, you know, a year or two down the road. So, and, and I and I know there's been a lot of talk lately about this defenseman out of Sweden, Philip Broberg, who has kind of rocketed up the rankings and, and could the Oilers look there at number eight I mean they they need defensemen who can move the puck um and I look obviously I'm not watching a lot of Swedish hockey but just from reading about this guy it is very interesting the disparity of of opinions on them and you know what I got it Craig Button former NHL GM a guy whose opinion I value, he has actually posted his latest mock draft, and he has Broberg going to the Edmonton Oilers uh, at number eight. And uh, the Holinka tournament in Edmonton last summer, Broberg led defenseman for three goals. Sweden won the, with three goals. Sweden won the silver medal at the tournament at Rogers Place. I think this would be a reach for the Oilers to go to Broberg at eight, unless they're absolutely uh, convinced they get, they got to pick a defenseman. Does he play next year? Well, obviously, highly unlikely. They, the Oilers are, you know, the Oilers are probably going to have, well, they should have two European players on their or players who played in Europe last season, because they signed Joachim Nigard a few weeks ago, out of Sweden fast player who would, who should help the team speed, should help the penalty killing. I don't see him as a player on the first or second line, but maybe who can help the depth. I, I don't expect him to come in and, and, and really chip in a lot offensively, but I, I, you know, I know when we were talking about him a few weeks ago, a couple of listeners simply said if he scores more than, than Reader, then, then it's an upgrade on the roster. Fair point. Uh, and they're probably going to have Joel Pearson on, on the blue line. So, some things to keep in mind. Um, I just think there's a better and more reliable crop of forwards that are going to be available to the Oilers at number eight. But those questions to be answered coming up on Friday. And again, Chris Johnson from Sportsnet will check in with some of uh, his thoughts on the first round when we get back. Go to the contest page on 630shed.com. Enter the mock draft challenge. you got nothing to lose. Free to enter. And you can win $500 of cash courtesy of AMJ Campbell. Another hockey note today, Trent Yanni. And we've seen this coming for a while. He was on the Edmonton Oilers staff last season. It was announced a couple of weeks ago he was not going to be back with the Oilers. And he does indeed rejoin Todd McClellan as an assistant coach with the Los Angeles Kings. So there you go, Trent Yanni to Los Angeles, as we thought. All right, so we'll have a draft coverage for you on Friday. Also on Saturday on 6.30, Chad, we're going to be on from 1 to 3. Friday at 7, Morley and Dave will take over. Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. The Eskimos hosting the BC Lions. Now, the Eskimos beating the Montreal Alouettes in their first game of the season on Friday, and two Eskimos have been named Players of the Week in the Canadian Football League. Not a surprise given the gaudy numbers put up by the offense. Trevor Harris, his first game with the Eskimos, 32 for 41, 447 yards, three touchdowns, also scored a touchdown along the ground. He's a player of the week, as is running back C.J. Gable, plowing through the Alouette's defense with 154 yards on 20 carries. Also had uh, three catches 
for 29 yards and that great touchdown ca- catch right at the start of the fourth quarter that capped off the Eskimos' 109-yard drive. Kellen, we, we talked about this uh, yesterday. The yep. Eskimos, over 600 yards of offense in that game for the eighth time in team history. The last time they did it, August of 1997, when they had 644 yards in a 45-11 win over the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. We had a, we did the trivia question about who was the Eskimos quarterback in that game. Mm-hmm. Took a few guesses for people to get it. Did you remember the one guy guessed George Larac? Yes, he did. Wrong sport entirely. Wrong sport entirely. But, you know, he, he called it and he tried. Plus, I think Rock would be more of a uh, defensive player than he would be a uh, offensive. Probably would be player. a good d- defensive lineman. Absolutely, you know, takes up a lot of space in the middle. Could get after the quarterback a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can always text six thirty six thirty. Our open line number is seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. If you would like to chime in, BC Lions quarterback Mike Riley on his imminent return to Edmonton the next game and you know obviously leaving last weekend's game with the loss you, you want to get back out on the field so I'm looking forward to it if nothing else for that but uh, it'd be good to go back to Edmonton I'm looking forward to that that fan base was great to me for six years and you know I feel like I was pretty good to them too so um, it'll be fun to go back it'll be a little weird to be on the opposite sideline but uh, you know they're a good football team uh, just got done watching a bunch of tape on them you know their defense has changed a lot of course with Lolly but uh, you know I still know their personnel quite well and, and they know me so uh you know it's always exciting to play against your old team i used to feel that way when i played against bc so um i'm looking forward to it but uh you know it should be should be a good contest between two western teams Riley also asked on what kind of reaction he expects from the crowd. Yeah, I don't really know. I've heard it'll probably be mixed, I'm sure. Um, you know, I'm sure there's a, a contingent that's upset with me leaving, but I think for the majority of them, they understood uh, uh, the situation and a lot of the reasons why I was leaving. But um, again, you know, it's one of those deals where uh, I have no bad taste in my mouth about that. My, my time there was awesome. Uh, I loved it. I appreciated every minute of it. And I still got a lot of people that are very good friends of mine coaching and playing for that team over there. All right, should be uh, should be a fun one for the Eskimos coming up on Fridays. They will try to go to two and zero. You know what? The, the Eskimos at home have been really good since the t- start of the 2017 season. 14 and five in their last 19 home games. Even last year, they missed the playoffs with a nine and nine record. They were seven and two at home. So uh, really, problems on the road have been bigger for the Green and Gold in uh, in recent seasons. So they'll try to get to two and zero on home field on Friday. I I, I have to get this in because quite fa- frankly, I, I find it incredibly amusing. Kellen, you know who Phil Mickelson is. One of the top golfers in North America, if not the world. He's very good. Yes. Boy, yeah, he's one of the he's one of the best golfers all time. He'd be on a he'd be on a very short list. A- excellent player. So on Twitter today, on his Twitter account, he has he says it's going to be a series called Fireside with Phil. Fireside, spelt P H I R E side. And it's he's hmm. sitting there, and he's sitting next to this candle. So that that's he's up by our fireplace. It's fireside with Phil, and he basically introduces it, and he says he's going to do these firesides with Phils, and he's just going to have little uh, stories from his career, right? So I I'm just going to play the one he told today because it's just far more effective than me summarizing it. So here. From Phil Mickelson's Twitter account, Fireside with Phil. My first story took place during the Memorial Tournament back in 2006 or so. Our second round was interrupted 
by weather and darkness and we had to reconvene the next morning at around seven in the morning. I'm on the sixth hole and the tour official is cutting a new hole, but we haven't finished our round yet. We have to play to the same hole location. So I raise my hand and say, hey, we're not done. And the rules official raises his hand, acknowledges that he heard me, but continues to cut a new hole. So I walk further up and I say, hey, we're not done. And again, he puts his hand up to acknowledge he hears me, but continues to cut a new hole. So finally, I walk right up close to the edge green, just on the other side of a lake. And I said, we're not done. He stands up in disgust and puts his hands on his hips and says, someone took a dump in the cup. Very well then, carry on. Well, I didn't expect that as the ending. <laughs> when I started listening to Fireside with Phil, I hope I hope he does more of those, Kellen. Yeah, that's uh, quite the insight. He's probably got like a million stories. Like all all the elite, elite athletes, once they get to that level, like they've got just treasure well, troves of information. And he's in a little mind, older right? now. Yeah, I, I think he's, does he turn? He either turns fifty this year or next year. Right. Uh, so he's probably a little more willing to tell stories about poop in a cup. Than he, than he would have been when he was oh, absolutely. Speaking of of golf of golf humor, though, we we got a regular listener, great caller, big Edmonton sports fan John, who often calls in, Kellen, mm-hmm. and he called in last night and graced us with three golf jokes. Oh, yeah. Do we have time for three quick golf jokes? <laughs> three golf jokes. Well, <laughs> sure. Yeah, why, why, not? Says, why not? I'm so mad. I think I'm going to drown myself in the lake. And the caddy says, "Do you think you can keep your head down that long?" <laughs> That's really good. Okay. The golfer says, you got to be the worst caddy in the world. And the caddy says, I don't think so. That would be way too much of a coincidence. <laughs> and then the golfer says, this is the worst golf course I've ever played on. And the caddy says, this isn't the golf course. We left that about an hour ago. So that was some classic John last night on Inside Sports. That that one about keeping your head down, the drowning one. Yeah, that might be my favorite golf joke of all time. It was good. That that, that is an absolute beauty. So thanks to John for that, and uh, thanks to to Phil Mickelson for Fireside with Phil. What do we have, Kellen? We we're giving away so much stuff. We got a lot of stuff to give uh, away. Let's give away. Okay, we'll do a trivia question live on air. So let's line up some callers: seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We're going to give away a four pack of Edmonton Prospects Canada Day game tickets. This is always a big one at Remax Field. It has a Canadian jersey auction, fireworks, and a live post game concert. You don't want to miss this game: seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. A four pack of tickets to the Prospects game July first against Moose Jaw. It'll start at 7 and the question when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping Kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over $600 each week you can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Will be about the current Edmonton Eskimos. All right, we'll get to that when we get back. You're listening to 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. 
We're giving away a four-pack of tickets to the Edmonton Prospects Canada Day game that is always a party at Remax Field. They got the fireworks, they got a post-game concert, all that kind of fun stuff. But you have to answer a trivia question live on the radio. David is calling in. David, how confident are you in your knowledge of the current Edmonton Eskimos roster? Not confident at all. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll give it a try. As as you probably know, Mike Riley wore number 13 when he was an Edmonton Eskimo. Yeah. Do you know who now wears number 13 for the Eskimos? Uh, is that the question? That is the question, sir. Who wears uh, number know. 13 now? Uh, how long do I have to answer? You have, uh, you have another uh, eight and a half seconds. Uh, I... I have no idea. That's okay, David. We'll try to get you something else. What about Brian? Brian, who now wears number 13 for the Eskimos? Uh, is that me? Yeah, go ahead, Brian. Uh, Ricky Collins Jr. Ricky Collins Jr., nine catches, 175 yards in the <laughs> victory over the uh, Alouettes on Friday. He looked pretty good, eh? Yeah, yeah, no, he was good. He's good. I like him. Uh, what do you think of the team overall? I kind of like the changes. I think we're going to be okay. Draft on Friday. Should the Oilers stay at eight, or should they try to move up? Oh, God. (laughs) I don't know. It's such a tire fire. I don't know what they're going to do. I think they'll stay at eight. I think they should stay at eight. I think the price would be too high to move up and try to get Byram. But yeah, I think so too. All right. Unless, you know, unless somebody wants Lucic, you know, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, have you been to a Prospects game before? You know, I haven't. I haven't yet. Uh, you're going to enjoy it. You're going to enjoy it down there. And, uh, you know, they're 9-8 and eight in the, on the season, doing okay. They've had some ups and downs already, but it's a, it's a pretty fun night in the River Valley there. Stay on the line, okay? Okay, thanks. All right. Oh, we'll give away something else later. We have so much to give away. It's, it's crazy. It's like where the price is right or something. We need a giant wheel. And we, but we, I guess they wouldn't be uh, Barker's Beauties. We'd have to come up with something to alliterate with my name. Reed's Rowdies. It doesn't really sound like you're talking about beautiful women. Not everything has to be a wrestling. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Reference Kellen. We're back after the news. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Angels leading the Blue Jays 2-1. That is in the bottom of the six where it gave away the Edmonton Prospects tickets earlier. They are on the road tonight and tomorrow taking on Fort McMurray. Next game for the Edmonton Stingers in the Canadian Elite Basketball League will be at Fraser Valley on Saturday. They lost by three points to the Hamilton Honey Badgers. My new favorite team name in all of Canada. The Honey Badgers won that game over the Stingers 90-87. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Kellen, I, I, you know what? I was thinking during the news, I feel a little bad. Uh-huh. Should we stop doing live trivia questions? Because I honestly feel bad when people get it wrong. 
I feel like that's going to affect the quality of the day and maybe even their self-confidence. Should we stop doing that? I mean, it's your show. You can do whatever you want. So. Well, that's not entirely true. <laughs> like, there. Well, what were you? What I, were have, you I do have instead? a fair bit of, of, of freedom creatively, creatively with my job, but I, I wouldn't say I can do whatever I want. Right. <laughs> well, what were you? Imp- uh, what were you uh, imposing to do instead? Or well, I don't know. Maybe, I well, maybe I should give the question further ahead of time, because then, then. You'd only call if you knew it, as opposed to springing it on the first caller, because that really puts them on the spot. And then, you know, maybe that if the person gets it wrong, they, they go home not feeling so great, and, you know, just kind of have a sulky evening because of something I did. I don't want to be responsible for that. I mean, I want happiness. It's worth a try. I want to spread love. Well, maybe we'll do that. We'll do live trivia questions, but I'll give the the question ahead of time, and then you line people up. So then in theory, if you have some time to think about it or look it up, and then you get it wrong, that then I won't feel as bad. Right. Should we do that next time we do yeah. something? Of course, the onus is on the person calling in to, you know, do the research and know or, what Or feel relatively confident. Because yeah. I think the, the first guy there didn't, you know, what, he didn't seem like he followed the Eskimos that, that closely. The second guy right away got Ricky Collins Jr., but the right. first guy didn't. So I feel bad for that that first gentleman. I want him to know that he's loved and cared about. Speaking of love and care, did you see the dogs are coming back? <laughs> yes, I did. So <laughs> I immediately thought of you when I saw that. All right. So the and now I mentioned this a bit yesterday with Morley. The Fusion Talent Extreme Dogs are going to perform at halftime on Friday. Unfortunately, I will not be able to see this. Because I would love to judge these dogs. Right. You're because be the Vancouver, last right? dogs, they've the, the previous two or three times the dogs have come to Commonwealth Stadium, I mean, yes, they're cute and lovable and adorable and they run around, but in terms of putting on a, a, a stellar performance, I have not been impressed. Uh-huh. So hopefully these, uh, f- what are they called again? The Fusion Talent Extreme Dogs. Uh, I believe they're based in Stratford, Ontario. So maybe they ah. per- maybe they perform Shakespeare, do a little live theater in their spare time as well. So I said to Borley, I, I want to get somebody from the dogs on. Well, I- I've been in-, in touch with somebody from Fusion Talent. So we should have the lowdown on these dogs and promises about what they're going to do on Friday. Right on. So that's really what I want. I'm going to miss them. All right. We have the latest here. Uh, Chris Johnston from Sportsnet's coming up in a couple of minutes with his thoughts on the first round of the NHL draft. Kellen is the shimmering commissioner of mayhem for the Sylvan Lake Alliance of Wrestling, the SLAW. That's the title you gave me. I was trying all day to remember the that. The shimmering commissioner of mayhem. I love it. So we have had a couple of texters who have uh, voluntarily signed up to be our first title match. Roadhammer against the pizza delivery man. Now, mm-hmm. Roadhammer was laying it down last night. The pizza delivery man has responded. And I, 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 I during the commercial, Kellen, I checked, because on, on this, this text system, it comes in on a, on a website, right? And you can click on a little icon, and it shows you every text that this person has ever sent to 630 Chat. Right. right? 
So I was like, I better make sure this isn't the same person using two different handles, just because he feels sorry for me. That no, but no, it's two different people. Right. Okay. Good. So the pizza delivery man says, Reed Roadhammer wants a TLC match. He will get it. Make no illusions. You will be chasing waterfalls if you think you will beat me. You will get a pie right in your eye. Bring your best, Roadie. But I am warning you that TLC is a daily thing for me. I will make sure you will get your fair share of the chair. Make no mistake, you will be seeing stars. TLC baby. Get your life insurance paid up. Well, the, la- the last line's a little PG-13, I think, for the slaw. <laughs> I was surprised there was no scrubs. Well, he did a pretty good job. He yeah, worked, worked in a, a couple uh, song titles. Or no-no scrubs, I should say. So we, it would be a, t- a table... What does it stand for again? <laughs> a table, table lettuce, lettuce, and chairs? Match, yes. Well, is the oh the ladders not lettuce? Uh, yeah, table ladders. We should, ladders we should and have chairs. a tomatoes, lettuce, and cabbage match. <laughs> they get they gotta throw it at each other. Right, tomatoes, lettuce, and cheese. And we'd play TLC during the TLC match and play the Learning Channel on the big screen. It'd be a triple TLC match. Ooh. Anyway, it's it's going to be exciting once we get the uh, the slaw up and running. <laughs> Uh, you can text 63630. The phone number is 7804960063. I mentioned our draft coverage will commence at 4 o'clock on Friday. This guy is going to be there as well from Sportsnet, Chris Johnston. Chris, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, it's been a nice uh, few days here in Toronto. City of champions for, for at least a moment. Yeah, pretty exciting stuff. Fans across the country got behind the Raptors for a lot of longtime Raptors fans, uh, cause for celebration, and obviously a, a lot of uh, new fans now jumping on board and then will probably stick with the Raptors for a long time. I, I know I saw some pictures on your uh, Twitter from, from the streets and the celebration. Tell me what you were able to en- enjoy publicly over the last few days. Yeah, I was able to get back after the Stanley Cup final ended, so I was home for Game 6 and, and watched that with some friends and my wife. And so when they they closed out the Warriors, we went out into the streets for a few hours just to honestly see people excited to, to soak it all in. Uh, you know, we're, we're getting up there in age, so we weren't causing too much havoc, havoc but uh, walked around then and then uh, was out uh, yesterday for the parade. And then that was just an overwhelming amount of people. Uh, I know some of it might have got negative coverage, but it was, I got to tell you, on the ground, a really incredible day in the city. And and. You know, it's been a long time coming. I was a little kid when the Jays won the World Series. I would have to think this is the the closest thing to that, and and it's really a, a team here that that people of a different generation can can celebrate and, and get behind. Well, I'm glad you brought up the Blue Jays, and and I've mentioned that as well as something that really unified sports fans across the country. I was in university when they won, and it got a lot of people talking about a sport that maybe they hadn't talked about before, and it was it was fun for me, thinking back to 93, all of a sudden people knew the Jays' batting order, and I remember debating should Gruber play because he was good defensively, wasn't hitting, and now all of a sudden I hear co-workers and family members talking about Danny Green's three-point shot, who three months ago they probably couldn't have identified Danny Green if they're like dependent on it well and i think that the parallels are real and then if you fast forward 20 years from now uh you know i'm not huge on predictions but i'm guessing the raptors will be just as big uh probably even across the country in 20 years as the jays are now i mean you've given people that championship especially young people i'm talking about people younger than you and i read now have this moment and maybe more moments we'll see what next year brings for this team but uh, you're, you're kind of winning over uh, a group of people that I think will care about them in a way that, that maybe hasn't been the case uh, on, on a large scale moving forward. And, and that's 
that's the value of winning. I mean, the reason the Oilers are so big in Edmonton is, yeah, it's a Canadian city and, and hockey is close to our hearts, but it's also because there was a lot of great teams there for a lot of years. And I think that that's how you, you start to, to build a fan base and it ends up spanning generations. And, I, you know, I really think it was a pretty seismic moment in the Toronto sports scene, but probably even in the Canadian sports scene uh, to see the Raptors go and, and win an NBA title. Playoffs are great in any sport for different reasons, Chris. The one thing I really enjoyed, and, and you know, I, I usually will watch the NBA Finals and, and playoff games that I'm interested in, but obviously I was really immersed in these, and a different sort of tension than hockey. St. Louis goes up you know, 3 nothing in the third period in Boston, and you're sitting there saying, well, they have enough. I mean, but in basketball, you might have an eight-point lead, for example, with four minutes left, but you don't have enough. Like, you have to keep scoring, right? So it's a, it's a different sort of tension than in hockey. Well, and, and especially in the big games. I mean, I, I watched the Raptors playoff run closely. There's only a handful of those games where you had true garbage time at the end, where the, the lead was big enough that, you know, for the last five or six minutes that there was no, uh, there was no tension at all. And then you're right, it, it goes down to the end. You know, even Game 5 when Toronto could have closed it out at home against Golden State, you know, they were up by six with three minutes to go and then ended up losing that game. Their, their win probability, uh, according to the, the people that chart that, was something like 90%, but they missed some shots. They they, they messed up on a timeout, and, and, you know, the Golden State Warriors have some excellent shooters. And so you, you're right. It, it takes you right up to the end. I, I think some people that aren't as close to the sport will say you only have to watch the fourth quarter because of that fact. But, you know, I, I've come to quite like the game over the years myself and i'm a hockey guy at heart but there's there's room for a lot of sports uh, to be watched and you know especially when you got a really competitive team as the raptors were chris johnson from sportsnet joining us at inside sports we're going to see each other at the draft in vancouver chris and let me start there with this question does the intrigue friday night really start with the third pick well, it, it does certainly in terms of the picks. I mean, uh, I don't. I don't really think there's much debate about Hughes versus Kako at one-two. You know, we expect the Devils to go with Hughes. Uh, I think Kako is a no-brainer for the Rangers at number two. You know, Chicago has some decisions. I think that there's still an outside chance they trade that pick. Not likely. We haven't seen a lot of teams do that, but um, there, it's it, you know, it's the deeper you go. I think there's less consensus about where the picks would go, and so you know, among those selections. That, that, that's probably where the real intrigue comes in. But, you know, to be honest, I, I'm just as focused on all the trade chatter going around. And, and I wonder if, you know, some of the things that happened earlier in the night or in the afternoon uh, before the draft start could, could dictate what we're talking about. Because there seems to me to be, you know, even more than usual, a sense that, that teams are, are going to shake things up and that you know, we've already seen a few trades here in the last few days that, you know, maybe the, the talk of this draft weekend when all is said and done will be some of the player movement we see because uh, it just feels that, that we're at that moment in time where there's, there's enough teams are willing to, to buy and sell to, to facilitate those kind of moves. Yeah, well, that, that's what really interest, was, is interesting. I, I was uh, playing in a charity golf tournament this morning, and who are the Oilers going to take? Are they going to move the pick? I, I, I was asked that a lot. Uh, I mean, I would think they're going to step up and take somebody at number eight because you sh- still should get a good player. I, I don't know if they'd be willing to sacrifice what might be needed to be sacrificed to, to move up to, to, to three or four, Chris. Yeah, I mean, anything's possible. I mean, to me... Uh, if you're going to, if you're in the Oilers' shoes, I, I still think picking high up has a lot of value for this team. And, and so, you know, I'd be surprised if they're trading the pick for for something other than moving up 
a spot or down a spot, you know, as we see. Um, you know, Chicago, I think, is still in, in a similar position. I mean, they, they have some some veteran guys there, but they, they, they want to make a pick, too. And so I think it's going to take a real offer for anyone to move up, uh, you know, inside the top five uh, from outside there. But, but where Edmonton's at, you know, I, I think you should probably, if, if you're handicapping it, bet on them picking at eight and, and you know, see if anything else materializes on the draft floor. It's it's really interesting seeing some of the the rankings and mock drafts as we move closer to the draft and guys that that rise and fall and and who might be I mean one guy I look at Chris is is Cole Caulfield who's a smaller player but he sure can snipe goals and uh, he got he got the record with the U.S. National Development Team program is he is he going to go five or six will teams overlook him because of the size and might he drift into the into the teens and is there a guy for you that you think I, you're looking at I wonder if he's a dark horse or I wonder if teams are ultimately going to shy away from him because of a deficiency or or a perceived deficiency or two? Well, I mean, Caulfield, I think, is a great example that you bring up there, Reed, just because, you know, I think universally in the sport, we, we've seen way more acceptance of smaller players. We've seen more small players make uh, huge impacts and at pretty young ages, you know, going back all the way to Patrick Kane, but even in the more recent days, you know, players like Mitch Marner uh, here in Toronto are not very big guys. And but but sometimes those those players do fall back a bit, and and so for me it's almost a bit of a litmus test to see, you know, on some level there's more acknowledgement that that you don't have to be as big, I think, to make a big impact uh, these days in NHL. But uh, we'll we'll see if if teams follow that up by, you know, Cole Caulfield at, at a spot where uh, where where you know I think he should go, which is which is fairly high, or you know if he'll be like some other players we've seen and, and falls back and and. You know, my guess is someone will be lucky to get him if he ends up uh, going, you know, in, in the low, you know, single digits or even 10, 11, wherever after that. And, and so, you know, I, I think as much as things change, they, they stay the same. And so I think he's a guy for me that I got my eye on just to see, uh, you know, if someone steps up and takes him and uh, basically looks at other players around the league and says, you know, it's probably not going to be too long before everyone's raving about uh, his, his skill set and his ability to, to produce offense. Yeah, he's an interesting one to watch for sure. Hey, Chris, I, I know you're busy. I know you're traveling tomorrow, so it's always great to have you on the show. Thanks so much for fitting me in. I will uh, definitely see you in Vancouver, man. It's always great to catch up. Thank you for your time. No problem, Reed. I look forward to it. Chris Johnston from Sportsnet. So, like me, he's fascinated to see what happens with the small but sniperish Cole Caulfield as we go to the draft Friday. Our coverage on 6.30, Chad, will start at 4. We'll take you till 7 and then we'll go to the Eskimos game. Full first round coverage on Global News Radio 880 going from 6 to 10. Quick timeout and then it is King's Court with Ryan King from the Eskimos when we get back. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. So hockey notes today, Trent Yanni joins the LA Kings as an assistant coach. Joe Thornton says he will return for another season with the San Jose Sharks. New feature here on Tuesday on Inside Sports with Eskimos long snapper Ryan King. It is Kings Court. Welcome to another 
episode of King's Court. I am your host, Ryan King, and we are coming to you from Commonwealth Stadium on a beautiful, sunny day. I am here. As some of you know, we've expanded our roster to include some global positions. So today we are jumping a couple borders south to talk to my two amigos from Mexico. How are you guys doing today? Everything good. Thank you, Ray. Very good. Very good. Thank you, King. All right. Do you want to, first of all, do you want to start off with, uh, give me your name, where you came from, school you're repping, uh, a little bit of uh, culture stuff from uh, back home. Okay. I'm Diego Yair Viamontes Cotera. It's Diego. Okay. Um, I'm from Mexico City, born and raised. I went to school at the UVM, the, the Linces of the UVM. And uh, representing the Mayas of the LFA, the professional league down in Mexico. All right, much respect. Say that five times real fast. Go. I'm just joking. Okay, all right, you. Go ahead. Yeah, my name is Genaro Jose Alfonsín Romero. Um, Jose is good. <laughs> I'm from Monterrey, Mexico. And my university is uh, Autónoma de Nuevo León. It's uh, Tigers. And in the team of the professional league in Mexico, it's Artilleros. All right, nice. Uh, let's start off with, uh, give me just a quick little rundown of your experience coming over here. Obviously, uh, being the first overall draft pick was a pretty historic uh, moment for yourself, obviously, and for us in the CFL. And I uh, just want to know what it was like for yourself getting drafted first overall, coming here and being a part of your first pro camp. Okay, I feel honored and blessed that this opportunity, this opportunity came. I've been looking for this kind of, of opportunity since 2016. I went to some some uh, open tryouts. Obviously, there's a bunch of guys. It, it, it wasn't possible, but now I feel blessed, and, and I expected pretty good competition. But this is amazing. I mean, the the facilities, the the, the work that that you guys put up here on football, it's amazing. I'm, I'm I, I feel blessed. Awesome to hear. Uh, Making your first pro roster, huh? that's got to feel good uh, coming up here, working hard. Um, we're after practice right now. The two of you are always out here putting that extra work in, so I respect your guys' work ethic, but uh, how good did it feel to make a, a pro roster? Uh, it's, it's, it's very exciting. Uh, that is uh, the goal, is stay in the, in the roster. So I need to work hard and put extra work in the end of the practice because that is a, that is a praise, right? Absolutely. So we have a receiver and we have a DB here. Let's say right now if we lined up 10 different routes, how many balls are getting completed? 12. And that's from the receiver. 12. Okay. <laughs> All right. How many balls do you think you're going to let Diego catch on you? Uh, Out of 10 routes? The 10 routes, 8. <laughs> okay. That's respectful. That's eight. not that bad. Okay. Okay. Uh, um, let's move into rookie night. So obviously you come down here. There's some there's some cultural stuff that we had to introduce you guys to. Uh, how, how was uh, how was rookie night for you, uh, Diego? It was amazing. I'm taking that home. I, I mean the, the the whole. You feel like like you after you finish that you feel like you belong somewhere. You, it's not just like a dumb rookie night. Just uh, guys drinking and everything. It's 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 like it's it feels like it's meant for a reason. It's a pro rookie camp. That's for sure. What about yourself? How was rookie camp for you? It's the best rookie night of, of, the, of my life, really. I have uh, three rookies nights, and this one is the best of my life, really. How many tequilas did we have? I know we had a couple. Do you remember how many we had? Uh, five. Five? We each yeah, had five? Okay. Five. Uh, 
how many drinks did you have on rookie night? The, the, you, one does not count the, the, <laughs> the mucho cerveza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just let, let's say uh, mucho. Mucho. Okay. Uh, and we have uh, Diego. You just moved out of uh, the the hotel, and you finally got into to a place to stay. Uh, Jose, you're you're still stuck in the in the hotel for the time being. How cool is that for you guys to you know come from Mexico? Not only come play for a team, make a team, but also now you're living in in Canada. You're part of us. You're part of our family here. How cool is that for for you guys to be uh, up here? Not only playing football, but living up here in Canada. I feel amazed of all the support that people gave us here. Like everywhere we go, uh, people is so nice that uh, it feels you feel it, it makes you feel like home. Yeah. So it's that is that is that is very very good here because the people it's it's very nice and all the time help you. You know, if you have a problem or if you don't know who is a place, the people help you. So it's very very good and that is a feel you staying home. That's good to hear. Now, we come into the off-season. Uh, you guys get through your first year. And we get down to maybe we can come back and give ourselves uh, a little culture shock and uh, back into Mexico. What would be the first thing you would you would take me to do if I showed up to your hometown in Mexico? I'll uh, show you the, the, the central part of Mexico City. It's historical. It's amazing and so bizarre that you will have fun just to be here. All right, that's cool. Lots of surveys too, right? Yeah. Right. Tequila, <laughs> what, what tequila, tequila and mezcal. Tequila, okay. Yeah, and mezcal. And mezcal, okay. Yeah. What's your, are you a Pacific? or are you a Corona guy? Um, I am a Cuauhtémoc Moctezuma. Whatever that is, sure, okay. That's a Pacific. Okay, all right. What about yourself? What's your favorite drink in Mexico? Pacifico. Pacifico, okay. I'm a big Pacifico guy as well, too. Well, I appreciate you guys coming on the show. Um, I have much respect for you guys. Uh, This is a historic kind of year for us, adding, obviously, the global spots. You guys have done a phenomenal job coming in here, uh, representing your countries very well, representing where you guys come from. You guys should be very proud, and uh, thanks a lot for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much for the support. We're proud and, and thankful. Thank you very much. No problem. Checking out from Commonwealth Stadium, episode two from the King's Court. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.